from high sticky to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, From the Depths of Despair, comes one sliver of daylight. We saw it yesterday at UBC. Very expensive land. Could be very big payoff for the Edmonton Oilers. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. And the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Bagged Milk from Oilers Nation. He couldn't afford a full name, so they're going with that. Uh, Curtis Pashelska. Uh, who is the San Jose Sharks beat writer for Bay Area News Group, and some Panthers talk with, it looks like, it looks like it's going to be Declan and I because uh, everybody he calls hangs up on him, which is sad, but I guess he's getting used to it. Are you okay? You're not You're not upset? I'm a little, I mean, listen, we had someone, I thought it was going to be a great show, they pulled out, and now I, you know, I have to step up and do it myself, and I'll do it, I'll take the challenge head on, but uh, it's definitely going to be a worse segment. Well, I'll say you that. know, just so you know, I'm going to publicly say it's all right, but secretly I'll be judging you. I'm just going to talk about how I played Chuba the whole segment. I'll be like, yeah, you know, one time I, I played against their running back. And it's just going to be that for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So basically, same old, same old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No change at all. How many have the... you mentioned? How many times have you mentioned him? 110? Are nope. we like eight weeks in? I think it's probably like four or five uh, when it's than. topical. All right. So it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be great. Eight Nobel laureates. 75 Rhodes Scholars, 65 Olympians that won medals, 10 fellows in both American Academy of Arts and Sciences and the Royal Society, 273 fellows to the Royal Society of Canada have been affiliated with UBC, three Canadian Prime Ministers, including Kim Campbell, the first Canadian Prime Minister, and current Prime Minister Justin Trudeau have been educated at UBC. And I know in saying that on an Edmonton radio station, people are applauding. I mean, what else would they do? UBC has some oomph, some torque, some rep. And Jay Woodcroft might have found inspiration among all those tall foreheads on the grounds of UBC yesterday. Did you see the lines? This comes from Bob Stoffer. Connor McDavid centering Ryan McLeod and Zach Hyman. Leon Dreisaitl centering Dylan Holloway and Warren Fogle. Nuge on the third line with Evander Kane and Sam Gagne, and James Hamlin on the fourth line with Raphael Lavoie and Derek Ryan. And the defense is the same. Nurse Cece, Ekon Bouchard, Kulak, Deharnay, Skinner, and Calvin Pickard are the goalie. We do not have the starter named yet. I want to drill down on the top two lines because it is a theme I've been using for some time, and that is Sam Pollock. Sam Pollock taught the world to dance. No, he didn't. He taught the world how hockey teams develop players and pick the ones they want off of the tree. He had, the world was his oyster. He had like three left wingers uh, uh, every fall coming in, and he would pick the one he wanted. And sometimes you'd say, well, it's definitely going to be Murray Wilson, and it's definitely going to be Steve Schutt, and he'd end up running with Steve Schutt and then Yvonne Lambert. That's how it worked back then. He had so many choices. And the Edmonton Oilers don't have those choices. But they have to play Ryan McLeod in a feature role, and they have to play Dylan Holloway in a feature role, and they have to get these guys going. 
and eventually they're going to have to do it with Raphael Lavoie. They should be doing it right now with Philip Broberg. If you let's just take those names: Ryan McLeod, Dylan Holloway, Raphael Lavoie, Philip Broberg. Let's take those four names. If you don't run them, if you don't run those guys, you've got to run Sam Gagne. You've got to run. I'm not sure. Connor Brown, who's hurt. You've got to run players who are not doing the job. You can lose with veteran players, or you can lose with young players. Better to lose with young players. I don't think they'll lose tonight. It's a good move by Jay Woodcroft. I'm impressed. One time, years and years ago, Branch Rickey, legendary Dodgers manager, had moved on to Pittsburgh, and he traded a man named Ralph Kiner, who was the best home run hitter at the time, in either league. Hit 50 home runs a year for the Pirates. They never got anywhere. And they said to him, Branch Rickey, Branch Rickey, Branch Rickey. They always said it three times. No, they didn't. They said, why did you trade Ralph Kiner? And he said, we finished last with him. We can finish last without him. And I mean, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but it's true. The Edmonton Oilers have been trash, trash, they ran Hyman with Leon Dreisaitl. It didn't work. Run him with McDavid. McDavid Hyman works. But don't give them another $5 million winger like Kane. Give them Ryan McLeod. you got to have a cheap like Borscht winger. They did it with Yamamoto. They did it with Pogliarvi. you got to have that. You have to have three lines. Actually, you should have four. Maybe they'll have one one day. But you you, you just have to do it. And you can mix and match, you know. Like, I mean, how many t- how many different shirts can you wear with those blue jeans? Declan. I I can probably throw together six or seven good outfits. Damn straight that, you yeah, could. Yeah, that and, people will say that looks that looks all right. And it doesn't, you know, like let's say oh, you get home tonight and Friday night, I don't know why would be your your laundry day and so you've only got like one or two things, but you can find it, you can make it work. Oh, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's a great analogy because it's so apt. Well, I'm just saying you can always mix and match, but the idea that you're giving some some real time to young players who could get better. Look, I got I got a news bulletin for you. Sam Gagne is not going to get better. He is long ago peaked, and he's still a productive player. Let's be honest. But he, you ideally by by March you would like to have replaced him with Raphael Lavoie or Xavier Borgo. It's a good move by Jay Woodcroft. He did well. I have not liked his season at all. I still think he's a fine coach. I do not think he should be fired. But I think he's been, I think he's either been influenced by people who are not helping or he's given up on his own proven theories about how to win. When he came in, he increased Ryan McLeod's minutes. He played Broberg. He played Nima Linen. In the fall of last year, he put Vincent DeHarnay right in the lineup and he played the hell out of Stuart Skinner. And Skinner was, was a Calder Trophy finalist. And DeHarnay wasn't eligible. But he played well in half a season. You have to let the kids play because they will increase the pool of talent that you have. I know Ken Holland wants to slow play coffee in the morning, but they they have to go. They don't have any more time. You can't possibly fill in all the mistakes and the problems they have on this team without playing the kids. Get Broberg up here. Put him where Bouchard is with that comment. Put Bouchard down with Kulak and let Vincent DeHarnay sit for a while. He has not been good in the last three games. This is not hard, people. It isn't difficult. This has been proven. When I was a kid, I saw Sam Pollock do it. Sam Pollock, dead now. That's how long it's been around. Sam Pollock went to the Blue Jays 
1977, I think, as part of the Labatt's purchase. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. And the Edmonton Oilers stunk at it for a long time because they would, all the first round picks got to come here for nothing. And then they'd bring up like Tyler Pitlick too late. They never had it going right. They never had it doing it right. Uh, Woodcroft did it right. He has lots of young players in the lineup. It's all pumping, 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 like pistons, hammering, (laughs) thrust. I don't know where I'm going. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers, as of yesterday, and now they may not lose this lineup, and then, you know, I'll be mad again tomorrow. But today, I feel pretty good about the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know where I was going with all that. I felt like I was Pierre Maguire there for a second. Sam Gagne is skating amazingly with his new hips. He's only 34, not 43. Where is this cheap borscht? I'm hungry. Have you ever had borscht? It's good, you know. Oh, yeah, I've had borscht. Yeah, yeah of course. I it, I like it. Like, I, I like beets a lot. I think beets on salad are great. I, I don't mind borscht. It's just without the right seasoning, it can get a little bland. But it, it's good. It does the job. Doesn't have to be fancy. I mean, I know what the you know the history of the meal is, so it's it's okay. What do you mean the history of the meal? Well, like it comes from the the holodomor when there was a food shortage in Ukraine because of Russian sanctions, and you know beets were beets. Remember, were one of trust the, only, the Russians. Go ahead. And beets oh. were one of the only food sources, so they had to do with it what they could. And obviously, borscht became such a staple of Ukrainian cuisine. And yeah, it's good. Like I like it. It's simple. It's fun. It, like I said, needs good seasoning. But if you can do it. Declan, you you continue to surprise me. What was surprising about this? Because you knew it all. Yeah, you just yeah, nailed it, and you got it there, and you 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 did it in a concise manner. I think that's less than twenty seconds. You it know, was pretty good, it's right? Forty seconds to talk about Ladislav Smead, but this you got. I probably I probably would have gone a little longer, but you gave me the old hand signal we talked about, so I needed to cut it off. Well, that's not a hand; it's a finger. Yeah, we need no, to remember sure. these things. Uh, great show, show as usual, boys. Thanks. That's not for us. That's the previous show. Everybody's going crazy here. Everybody's going nuts. I, I have to say I'm a little disappointed today. I, I had planned to do something very innovative on this radio show, the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. I had built it up and been planning for several years to do it, and I was going to do it on this day, and Ladislav Smee did it earlier today. So there's nothing I can do about it. I had it planned. I just it, it got taken away from it. I can't do it now. There's no There's no value to it. It's just, okay, fine. Laddie Smead, innovator. I, I, I was going to do it. And then it, 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 it won't have the same impact, so I'm not going to bother. No starter yet. We will let you know, okay? I think, it's, I think it'll be Skinner because the young, he's not young, but the, the, the second goalie, uh, Calvin Pickard, I mean, he would just have arrived now, right? He'd just be there because the team arrived. He'd arrive. Um, Yeah, Patrick Kane has been talking to NHL teams. Doubt it's the Oilers. The Oilers right now are probably pricing themselves out of a lot of things, and that might be one of them. And generally speaking, I think the expectation of Oilers fans today is, hey, this is going to be a W. And then there'll be a little bit of hope in the community. And then they have to win again. 
and again and again and again. But right now it looks pretty good. I do like the lines, I will tell you. I feel like I come in here every day and just kind of hammer everything, and I, I don't like doing that, but you got to be honest. Daniel Nugent Bowman reporting that Brown and Yanmark are on the road trip. They're skating away from the group. They're not on the ice for the morning skate. So there you go. The, the, the owners are a banged-up bunch, and Brown is especially concerning because I think, is he two games away? I think something like that. And then he will go... He will, he will get the, the the next year money, a lot of it, and it will impact what's happening. It will. It will impact what's happening in uh, next summer. Three point something million. That's a lot. I would go with Stuart Skinner tonight. I would go with these lines tonight. Uh, Thursday night football. Any opinion on the Thursday night football game, sir? How do you see this going? Well, it's two bottom feeder teams, as we know. But sometimes that can make for a fun game. I think the Panthers are, uh, they have a really poorly constructed roster. I think, and the Bears don't. I, well, I was going to say, I think so. Chicago is right there as well. But I feel like they have more bright spots. I think the bright spot for Carolina is that quarterback position. I like Bryce Young. I watched way, way too much football for Bryce Young not to be a good quarterback. And I think he'll get there. But they don't have much of an offensive line. They really have one guy on defense who is tremendous and Brian Burns. Their running back is a little bit by committee, and it's, you know, obviously you lose CMC, you lose such a dynamic player at that position. Adam Thielen is past the hill as their wide receiver one. I just think you look at, you know, you look at guys like Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson, who's been a staple, and DJ Moore and and Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson and Justin just, Fields. Just name the whole roster. Granted, he's not playing tonight, but I think you look at those guys and you think there could maybe be some hope here. Now, the Bears... They're victims of their ownership. They have a terrible owner, Virginia McCaskey. She's like 100 years old, has run well, the team into the ground. She's, she's ru- female no. and old. You're going after her. Inherited it from her dad and has ran it into wow. the ground ever since. It, 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 it's two bottom feeder teams. I'll wrap this up and I'll let you give your thoughts on it. They can sometimes sometimes make for a, for a fun game. And we can sometimes see an offensive explosion because both teams are just so poor. We can kind of see a wonky fun game where it's so bad. It's hilarious and it becomes good. But all in all, this is a match of two bottom feeder teams, and the game's not going to mean anything. But I will say, Chicago, they do have Carolina's number one pick next year, so they want to win this game, keep Carolina right near the bottom of the standings so they can use that number one pick. So i got to ask you this. Are, are you are you against this specific person or all women over 100 who own sports franchises? No, no. I th- Listen, I'm, I'm not against any, any woman over 100 who owns a sports franchise, but what Virginia McCaskey has done with that Bears organization, it's been no coach there's been no real good coach since mike dicka there's been no real good gm since the 1980s it's been a complete it's been a complete ferris wheel in and out at Mm. these positions there's no stability in quarterback justin jefferson already has more receiving yards than any wide receiver in the bears franchise history it's just there's no ability to keep players even though it's a major market like chicago there's no ability to build a team there's no ability to build a management front and I think it all just comes back to the owner at this point. And listen, she was never a – she inherited the team from her dad. She was never a diehard football fan or someone who really went into this with the mindset of an owner. She was someone who just got the team, couldn't turn it around, and hasn't built anything in decades. Hmm. And that's my two cents. Interesting. I thought you'd go after the Detroit Lions ownership now. Well, they're bad too. But Detroit's oh. at least at least flying a little bit. Now, they did get – 
my, my saying of the show. They did get fraud checked a little bit by the Baltimore Ravens, but I think Baltimore is just a very, very good team. I don't know if you can hang your hat on that one as much as I thought you did a couple weeks ago. De- 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 Detroit's been terrible as well. They ran right. Barry Sanders out of town all-time great. They ran Calvin Johnson out of town all-time great, but now finally with Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, there's at least a little bit of light at the end of the Some tunnel for that franchise. Detroit Lions, been owned by women for the last decade. Yes. Chicago Bears, owned by a woman. You hate them both. No, I like. I'm it's not saying they're correlated. It's interesting. I just no, no, no. I because I'm not going to do this where I get you know flamed for saying I don't well, think I one thing I mean, or I think two and two thing. doesn't always make four. I mean, you know, it's possible. No, you got some decimal points in there, and sometimes you round it up. But I no. Listen, I, I think it's just it's it's objectively it's objectively a fact that Virginia McCaskey has not turned things around in decades of ownership at that owner position, and her son's going to take over when she does, and it's going to be the same thing again. Declan- they need to sell the team to me and you. Declan would have loved Marge Shot. That is an old-timey reference that is funny as hell. Uh, NHL rumors on the way. Curtis Pashelka is on the way. San Jose Sharks beat writer, Bay Area News Group at 1240. One o'clock. It's our friend. I hope he still is after what I said about him. Bag milk for in the community. We've got a text line, final thoughts, and more. We're underway. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. We're driven by Wolf GMC Buick. War never, they always did interesting songs. They had uh, Spill the Wine, which uh, Eric Burden sang the lead vocals on. Uh, they had In the Ghetto. Uh, they had Slipping Into Darkness. They had Why Can't We Be Friends. They had Cisco Kid. And probably the most famous song they ever did was Low Rider. It's impossible not to move around with that song. So good. All right, it is time now for Hockey rumors there's a few flames have recalled dustin wolf the award-winning goaltender from the ahl's calgary wranglers what does that mean what does that mean he's won the uh, baz bastion memorial award for the ahl's best goaltender in both of his pro seasons with the wranglers 927 save percentage he should be in the nhl he's not it could mean there's injury that's the first thing you look at goalies they get hurt Fire and pucks at them. Got to move around. Royal area. Lots going on. Goofs running into them. High sticks. Influenza. So, Vladar is a guy who could be a target. And Edmonton Oilers should be interested in him if he's available. He's their backup down there. I don't, I don't think this is it because there'd be more running around in terms of rumors than there have been right now. But if the Edmonton Oilers are looking for a goaltender and Vladar is available, that would be a target. I would say to you right now that my guess is the Flames would not. They have made trade with the Oilers. They have made trades with the Oilers. But they're in competition for a playoff spot with them. Why would you do any favors to the Edmonton Oilers if you're the Calgary Flames? Unless you're getting you know, Broberg in a first or something like that, which I very much doubt will happen. If the Oilers are going to look towards Calgary to make a move, man, I would love for them to get Christopher Tanev or or Noah Hannafin would be great too, although he's left-handed. And they've got some nice young prospects down there too, uh, forward-wise. Connor Zari would be a nice pickup, although foot speed's an issue. Anyway, Dustin Wolf is has been recalled. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, they're having a hard time. Actually, the only difference between the Maple Leafs and, and the Oilers is that Matthews and 
uh, Nylander are, and Marner are flying, and uh, the Oilers' top guys are not, although Leon Dreisaitl's looking really good. He's looking at his goal share at 5-on-5 five five and his 5-on-5 five five points per 60. Leon Dreisaitl, quietly, because nobody's paying any attention, is really playing well. So the Maple Leafs have called up Pontus Holmberg and sent down Maxime Lajoie. I think all of these names are made up, but that's what happened. The Colorado Avalanche have called Riley Tufty back to the NHL. I think just so that people can say Riley Tufty, but I, you know, I, I can't confirm. That would be my guess. The Edmonton Oilers, of course, have Calvin Pickard on the roster now. And looks like, and somebody texted me that Speck had it. I have not seen. I'll look for Mark's um, Twitter now. There it is. Skinner starts in San Jose 23 minutes ago. There you go. This is a interesting game for the Edmonton Oilers. If they were to lose this game, I, I don't. I don't know that Jay Woodcroft f- survives. If they win the game and then they win against Seattle, then I think that you you feel like you've you've hit ground bottom and now you're you've got the the bounce. Not the dead cat bounce, but the bounce. I would not fire Jay Woodcroft. I would fire other people before I fired Jay Woodcroft, and that does not include Dustin Schwartz. The reason I would fire other people is because as long as McDavid and Drysaddle are on board, you know there's going to be a management change. There already has. Jeff Jackson's in town. Paul Coffey, well, he's not in town, but he's, he's the manager, uh, CEO. Paul Coffey is, is here. Um, they, the, the winds of change are coming, and, and we just don't know the names and where they fit on the puzzle that is the um, Edmonton Oilers front office. You know how they do the, all those little wonderful little things that everybody's interested in and doesn't work in management. They all want to see where everybody slots in when it changes. So interesting. Could we have a meeting about that? That would be great. Let's have a meeting to find out how things are supposed to flow. I need the flow chart. Otherwise, I can't can't move. I spent much of the 80s being told that flow charts were important and we are just going to have one more focus group and that'll be the end. And they're all lies. The flow charts really don't matter. You're going to end up dealing with the same people anyway. And it never stopped. The 80s went to the 90s, went to the 2000s. It's not as much now anymore. Have you been in focus groups where you they order pizza and 12 beer and you stay there until like 4 in the morning? I haven't. No. I haven't. But my dream is to, and I'll make this quick, my dream is to be in, on, a, in a jury, on a jury. And it's just, it's that same thing. Like they just bring in food and you get to hang out and make a decision well i like beer and i like pizza and i like it free but i spent a lot of my 20s in in rooms where okay that's the logo what's the mission statement Mm -hmm. you know i and i would just say we're all tired and would like to go home so you know i well you know i i'm the sort of person who once i get bored i either giggle or actively try to ruin things okay so i'm not a people go oh he's a team player no i'm not this is very. I, this is this is very honest. Of day you. below the event horizon. Hopefully, nobody notices that I'm contributing nothing. And like, if you want my ideas, I will give them to you. But but give me like, tell me what you want, and give me a day to mull, and then I'll email you. I will. I promise I'll email you something. 
And, and I, like we've got we've got Mama MMA and Declinations. I named both of them. Those are both clever names. Give me time. Damn it, Declan. Stop pushing. Always with the pushing. You're not going to say anything. No, I, I. There's no pushing here. I let you do your thing. You know, if if there's anything I do, it's it's sit back and give you the wheel. I give you the wheel, and I give you the passenger seat. I give you you're, the engine. I give you the trunk. You're two days away from throwing stuff at my head while I'm Never. talking on the air. I know Never. it. Never building Never. up the rage inside. Uh, LT love the show, but I'm getting so tired of you and Jason Greger and your analytics. My eyes tell me and sort of the stats and the outers are not good. And no, Leon has not had a good year from RL. Well, we can disagree, though, right? Like, you, I'm talking, and you can disagree. We don't have to... The, the, the idea that everybody's going to march in lockstep together, and if you don't, you're the enemy, is a somewhat new uh, development, and it is counter to exchanging ideas and changing minds, either yours or the other person's. We don't talk at each other now. We talk past each other about everything, about politics, about life, relationships sports it's the tower of babel we've been in this for about six years now it's the tower of babel everybody's speaking a different language nothing's getting done the two by fours are supposed to be on the third floor they're on the sixth floor just the way it works this is a start of a six game win streak book it thank god what a complete joke skinner won't be starting didn't I just hear Woody say yesterday the same thing doesn't work? Well, he changed the lines. He just got there. You know, they'll want to have a practice with the, with Pickard. You know, he might play against Seattle, but he might not. If they win, I don't know. Markstrom tweeted something, so Wolf is precautionary. There you go. Low Tide, can you explain... What makes you so high on Bouchard? I see a guy with a good shot, full stop. He doesn't skate well. He has no physical game, lacks defensive awareness. Help me understand what I'm missing, Mark. Well, Mark, why don't you go back and watch some games from last spring when Bouchard and Ekholm were probably the best pairing in the National Hockey League, or close to. Everybody talks about the now as if it's the forever. It isn't. You know... Teams have tough times. Players struggle, and then they go up, and things are good for a while. We seem to forget that all the time. This is a small sample. We, we were not at 20 games. We're barely past 10. But everybody's like, well, this is the way. You got to get rid of this guy and that guy. And No, you don't. Like, I'm with Ken Holland that way. I would not trade anybody. I sure as hell wouldn't fire the coach. Now, if you can get a goaltender to replace Jack Campbell... And he doesn't cost you a lot, and you can afford him. Like McCurdy was mentioning uh, James Reimer yesterday. I mean, to me, that's an astute move. That would be one I would give Ken Holland credit for. I think that's an analytics move. Oh, my God, he said analytics. The owners are still really good. They just aren't really good now. And part of it is injury. Connor McDavid, Matias Ekholm, those are key, key, key players. Connor Brown, you've traded. You know, everybody talks about Connor Yamamoto, useless. Okay. Well, guess what? He was useful when he was here. And if they had him on the roster now, they could make use of him. Damn straight they could. Leon legitimately is not having a good year. Love you, Al. Well, I mean, all I can tell you is that that 
at five on five, he's having a really good year compared to his line mates and his teammates. And I count five on five as being vitally important to a game. The most important game state for me is five on five. I I I, I value it more than even strength because even strength is all, all, you know often one player off the ice, and those big gunners do better when one player is off the ice. But Connor McDavid, I'm sorry, Leon Dreisaitl right now has a 2.71 five-on-five points per 60 total. That is very strong. That is very strong. And his goal share at five-on-five is 53%. And that's on a team that's nowhere near 53%. Just so you know, Connor McDavid's at 39%. So Leon Dreisaitl is on the ice when the orders are outscoring at five-on-five. And he's contributing 2.71 points per 60s, which is an outrageously good number. So you can say Leon's not having a great year, and by I, that may well be true. But the results, the ones that I care about, the ones that I look at, show that Leon Dreisaitl is the one guy, maybe Hyman, you could argue, the one guy who's actually doing the job. And whenever I'm in doubt, ladies and germs... I look at Corsi Rel 5-on-5. Now, I know the walls will come tumbling down, and David Staples will write 11 articles about this, but Corsi Rel is a really quick, easy way, if you're looking at one team, to find out who's playing well. Do you want to know who the top Corsi Rel numbers are among forwards? Connor Brown, number one. Ryan McLeod, number two. Leon Dreisaitl, number three. Dylan Holloway, number four. Raphael Lavoie, in a very short period of time, number five. Connor McDavid, then Warren Fogel. Sam Gagne, and the rest are in the negatives. And the the most difficult ones are Hamblin, who's just played one game, Adam Ernie, New just struggling there, Derek Ryan, Zach Hyman. There you go. Analytics can be your friend. And I understand the visual sometimes doesn't match the, the math, but instead of rejecting the math, why don't we dig deeper? Why don't we look at other areas? Right now, Leon Dreisaitl is performing well at 5-on-5. Five five. I am very comfortable in saying that, and I won't back down. Tom Petty song. We should have more Tom Petty on our radio station. Can we arrange for that? Oh, that's like the easiest thing we can arrange. All right, I'm glad about that because I was a little oh, worried God. we were going to disagree. All American Girl? Don't even get me started. Oh, that's the first song I ever uh, ever uh, heard from him. Really? Yeah. I saw him. Gonna... Uh, what was the name of that movie? Silence of the Lambs. No, 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 no. It, oh. it was, it was, well, uh, it was in that movie. Well, uh, we're talking about Breakdown? Huh? Breakdown, the song Breakdown? No, no, no. She was. An American girl. Yeah, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's called Breakdown? No, it's not. It's called yeah, American Girl. I thought you said Head out all, of the gutter. I thought you said all American girl. So I was a little confused. And I may well be very confused. Curtis now we're Pich- both confused. Curtis Pichelka on the way. San Jose beat rider. He'll tell us all about it. Bay Area News Group. We'll talk about the Sharks. They won against Philly. Patrick Marlowe going into the San Jose Hall of Fame. Lots going on there. We'll talk about it next. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. That is such a good song. I think it was an X-Files episode, too. It's been on a lot of different things. And you did say All-American Girl, Robin Brownlee confirmed to me. So there you go, Smarty Pants. I know what I'm talking about. Mm. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. We love the fact that you're here. And we've got great guests. We promise you. We begin the day, probably, I mean, I want to say the best guest, but certainly top two. Curtis Pashelka, who is the San Jose Sharks beat writer, Barrier News Group. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. 
So Sharks 2, Flyers 1, it doesn't sound exciting, but it must have felt very good for the players and fans to finally get one after an almost historically bad start. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of smiles uh, after the ice. You know, the music was, was playing in the Sharks dressing room for uh, for the first time in, like, months. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a weight off these guys' shoulders for sure just to be able to kind of get that first win, you know, as a group of, you know, there's a lot of new faces on this team. And, you know, I think they knew what it took to, to win a game, but to actually just do it um, and get two points and, and uh, finally end that losing streak uh, felt pretty good and you know, gives them maybe a bit of a blueprint to how they have to play going forward here. I look at this team and, you know, there's talent here. You know, Thomas Hurdle, uh, uh, Eklund's a good young player, Anthony Duclair as well. Uh, it, is it just a matter of like a lot of bad luck or is it the fact that they're replacing a defenseman every game or so? What is it about this Sharks team that's been so bad so far? Well, I think, you know, in terms of like how you have to play in the modern NHL, um, you know, the Sharks just weren't necessarily, uh, this team in particular is having a, a real hard time with that. I mean, obviously you trade a, and Eric Carlson, well, you, you lose a guy who can basically break out of the zone by himself. Now you got to complete one or two passes to get it out. Um, you lose a Timo Meyer, you trade him, well, that's 30 goals, 35 goals that you take away. And, you know, those are big holes to fill. And so, the you know, the Sharks team sort of had to adjust uh, to life without those guys. And when you lose Eric Carlson, you know, had 101 points last year and played 25 minutes a night, you know, that's just a huge hole, and, uh, you know, this team was just having, you know, just having troubles kind of fill that. And, you know, this is a team that needs to get faster, uh, needs to get a little bit younger. Um, you know, they're, they're, in a, they're just in a phase right now where it's just really tough to win hockey games on a consistent basis. And so, you know, they're, they've got an eye on the future. There's no doubt about it. Two or three years down the line, I think, is when they're, they're thinking that maybe they can start to come out of this. But, uh, you know, it's going to be some pain for now. And, just hope to stay competitive uh, like those games last week against uh, Vancouver and Pittsburgh, which obviously get away from them. It, it covering a team like the Sharks, uh, you know, I know it can, because it's happened here uh, in Edmonton in recent history, it can be uh, it can be difficult to find good stories or stories that are interesting to people uh, and maybe are, you know, have some positive spin to them. Uh, who, who on this current San Jose Sharks team should Oilers fans maybe pay attention to that we're not aware of based on how well they played this year? Well, I think a guy like, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of young guys in their early 20s. You mentioned Eklund. He's, he's going to be playing on the top line tonight alongside, uh, you know, alongside Tomas Hurdle and, and Fabian Zerlin. Uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, the Sharks kind of want to, you know, see become uh, a full-time top six forward in the league. He's, He's still kind of feeling his way. He's got less than, you know, he's played less than 20 games in the NHL. So there's still some growing to do. He just turned 21. So, but he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he could be, uh, he could be a force in this division for, for years to come, you know, given that, uh, you know, if his development kind of goes the right way here, um, you know, there's other guys, the Sharks really liked some of the young players. Uh, we were just talking to David Quinn about, uh, Nikita Hochuk. He was part of the Timo Meyer trade that the Sharks, uh, you know, the Sharks got back uh, uh, some pieces in that deal, and he was one of those guys. He's not a flashy defenseman by any stretch of the imagination, but he's he's physical. He knows who he is. He knows what he has to do to be successful, and 
you know, he's played four or five games here with the Sharks and, you know, he's really sort of developed some trust with the coaching staff and, you know, some equity in terms of staying in the lineup. So, you know, there's some of these young pieces that the Sharks have that they hope are, are here for a long time. You know, the guy they just they just acquired, Kalen Addison. Uh, you know, he's only 20, he's only 23 years old. So, you know, some of these guys that, you know, we know that some of the UFA players, are, they won't be here for very long, but they're starting to put some pieces into, into place here who could maybe be, you know, building blocks for the, for the future. It's it's always um, a time I think where where an organization uh, wants to to not necessarily appease the fans, but everybody knows what they're going through, and they do have really good young talent, and they are going to be better. And a win like the one against the Flyers really does help out, but it also helps out to have a, a fairly storied past, and the Sharks do. I noticed that you had some things up on the San Jose Sports Hall of Fame: Patrick Marlowe, Dave Steeb, Lori Fair. Chris uh, Wondolowski, that's some some major league talent there, and Marlowe, a big part of that. He's a he's a big name among some several big names in there. Yeah, I mean, he's you forget like he he moved to San Jose when he was seventeen years old after he got drafted, um, and you know what made his, basically stayed in the NHL from day one. Didn't go back to junior, kind of you know stayed with the Sharks and kind of was joined a team that was kind of just starting to. To be on the upswing, you know, you, you have a lot of that. He was surrounded by a lot of veterans at that time, but yeah, I mean, he's he's ingrained in this community for forever. And uh, you know, last night, I mean, all, you mentioned Steve and Wondolowski and Lori Fair. Uh, they all got polite, polite applauses when they were introduced to come up on stage. But uh, you know, Patrick was the only one of the four uh, to get a standing ovation when he when he uh, walked up on stage. That, that was kind of interesting. That. You know, everyone kind of knows he is. He's he's been here since he was a teenager. Uh, they've grown. He's grown up right before everyone's eyes here. So uh, his number is retired. He'll he'll be a shark for for life here. And and uh, you know, obviously, you look back at his career and what he was able to accomplish. No Stanley Cup, of course, but uh, to be the all-time leader in games played, that's uh, that's something that's uh, they can't take away from him for sure. Kalen Addison, uh, he's he's there. I don't think they've had a high price for him. How do you see him playing, and where will he play in the lineup? Well, he's getting thrown right into the mix here. He's going to be on the top pair with uh, Mario Ferraro, uh, and uh, he's going to be on the number one power play unit as well. So that's kind of why they brought him in. I mean, they, they, their power play has been you know so-so this year. It's been a little of a pack, but I think they feel it could be a lot better than it has been. Um, so far this season, and so he's a guy that you know can bring the puck up the ice and, and uh, you know and uh, walk the line and just, just make plays from back there. He's not a huge, I mean, you're not going to be a big goal scorer from back there. Um, you know, basically he's a distributor. He's a smart player, and like I said, I mean, like like the Sharks hope. I mean, his best days they think are, are ahead of him. So uh, you're right. It wasn't a huge price to pay. I think Bill Guerin was. You know, he had obviously that, that second deal in mind when he made that uh, made that transaction, and and uh, you know the Sharks got a guy now who they hope uh, could be a part of this team here for for a little while, and certainly help them in the short term and also in the long term as well. Curtis Pashelka, our guest, San Jose Sharks beat writer, Bay Area News Group. Uh, final area, uh, Mike Greer played here twenty years ago, twenty to twenty five years ago. Uh, and you still can't find a negative word about the guy. He was loved in this town, and I know that a lot of people are cheering for him. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of time in San Jose as general manager. How is he doing based on the things that we can measure about a new GM? 
Well, you start for the fact that, you know, when, when he took over the job, there were so many contracts on the books and, you know, the Sharks really didn't hold, have a whole lot of flexibility um, under the cap. And so, you know, one of the first things he did, obviously, was trade Brent Burns. And he got, uh, you know, I think you look back on that trade, he probably could have got a little bit more in return for that for sure. But, you know, you, you move uh, you move with him, you move uh, Timo Meyer and get a lot back in terms of try, what you're trying to build here. Uh, you move out an Eric Carlson and you free up cap space, you know, two or three years down the line and uh, gives himself some flexibility. So kind of start there and then, you know, kind of what I'm talking about today with, with some of the young defensemen that they, they brought in and, you know, a Hochuk, a, a Kalen Addison, uh, Shakir Mukamadoulin, who's part of that trade with uh, with New Jersey. Um, he's in the minors right now and he'll, he's a guy that they definitely project to be a a top four defenseman one day. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a long-term plan in place. There's a lot of pain <laughs> between now and then. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think what he said he was going to do with the Sharks, uh, you know, he's done so far. It's just a matter of when it's all going to, all going to kind of come together. And, you know, when will the Sharks be uh, a competitive team again? And I don't think they have an appetite for a, another four or five years without a, without a playoff spot. I think that they want to think maybe, you know, two, three, four, four years down the line as far as be, being a team that can, um, you know, contend in that, in that respect. Curtis Pashelka, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you very much. All right. There you go. San Jose Sharks update. They're a team that is struggling. They're a team that is rebuilding and they're a team that is a general manager in Mike Greer. So if there's ever a general manager, you know, uh, MMA or quick uh, pickup hockey game, I, I would put my money on the Sharks. By the way, LOL Oil Fan tweets out, anyone listening to Low Tide right now hear some breathing and lip smacking in the background? Or am I losing my mind? Uh, what are you doing over there? Could that possibly be about me? Like, my mic's been off this whole time. I'm well, just, mind I actually, you, I only asked the questions and I turned my mic off. So. I actually left the room for a little bit if you didn't, you might have noticed. Well, maybe you're just loud. I could be, but am I really breathing and smacking my lips that loudly? Like, no, I've been no, sitting I've, over I here at the computer. I can hear a sneeze from the Grand Canyon when you Yeah, my it. sneezes are loud. My sneeze, my, my, my just, breathing? I, just, I don't know. You know, just be careful over there. So no chance at all this is you? Not at all. I okay. don't. I don't smack my lips. <laughs> well, if it's not you, I guess it's me. I'm too old but to do that. I, I just, have my questions. I sit here. Basically, inert, and it can't be. It can't be. Can't be me. Never happen. The orders have to make some kind of move. If it's not firing a coach, GM, or player, perhaps the guys that drive the bus, or maybe the people that make the popcorn. No, what you need is get on the Dustin Schwartz train, where everybody wants him fired. And people are, they text me, and they tweet me, and they say, give me one reason. I don't have to. I'm not, I'm not in the business of defending Dustin Schwartz. I don't know. I don't know if he's close to losing his job. I'm saying that last year, one of the candidates for the Calder Trophy was his goaltender, the guy that he's mentored for a while. So that is anecdotal evidence, and we have anecdotal evidence on the other side. But right now we're dealing in a very small sample size, 11 games. All of the experts tell me before these things happen and then they become experts in another way that you need 20 games. So Skinner's played about seven or eight. In a career, I don't think that's the you know very much. You may disagree, and we have a right to disagree with each other. But I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at Dustin Schwartz. I think it's unfair. And I think that there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, and that's what it is. 
maybe the maybe Jeff Jackson has somebody that he likes better. Maybe it'll be Sylvain Rodrigue when his son gets called up. I don't know. But you're asking me to bury a guy based on anecdotal information, and I have a bunch going the other way, and I, I'm just not going to do that. We have no depth. Overachieved with two-star players. No picks. We're in big trouble without a bunch of buyouts. Campbell's first. Nuge is second. Not a chance. You know, you can always tell when Oilers fans are mad because they lash out at the low-hanging fruit. And then they just go after guys who are good just because. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had an incredible year last season. Just out of his mind good last year. And we're 11 games into the year. Please understand sample sizes can lead you astray. They can. If you've been in a marriage or a relationship, have you ever gone two weeks and, man, you just, you're like, what in hell is happening here? How come we can't agree on anything? Where's the vinegar? The, the, the bottom line here is that these hockey players are really trying hard and nothing has rhymed, and I'm flabbergasted by it. And I do think there should be changes, and I do think that Jack Campbell being sent down was a positive. But if I say I don't think they should fire the coach, and I don't think Dustin Schwartz is, is uh, measurably and obviously the problem, then I, I don't even expect you to respect it. But I expect you to be able to say, okay, well, that's his opinion, and not say every 11 minutes, just give me one reason. I don't have to give you a reason. That's not how life works. You're mad at somebody... And you're asking me to defend that person. I don't have to. He has a job. And he's had a job for a long time. And for what we know, he's very respected in the industry. So you're you're asking me to buy into a premise that exists only with you and a few other people who are Oiler fans and mad. I've seen the rodeo before. I've been dealing with angry Oiler fans since 2003. You look a lot like the other guys who came before you. Mad as hell, lashing out, looking for somebody, landing on Nuge. That, to me, really does explain what's going on here. I get you're mad. Maybe don't watch the game. Maybe go for a walk with your family or throw the ball around or, um, you know, drive over to Declan's house and mock him for buying those expensive shoes that one time. I'm not sure what you should do. But, But getting mad at people like Dustin Schwartz, who basically is a name to you, that's all you know, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has bled for you for a decade and and has been better than the team for much of the time. I mean, I'm not following you down that road. And I am going to, I'm going to blanch and I'm going to point it out and I'm going to push back. And that's what I'm doing. These guys are not stealing money. They're trying hard. There's a big difference. Okay. Speaking of stealing money, bagged milk is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, 11 games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers. They'll be in San Jose to take on the Sharks. Puck drop for that one. 830 in the lines will be as follows. McLeod, McDavid, and Hyman on the top line. Holloway, Dreisaitl, Fogel, Kane, Nuge, and Gagne in the third line. Lavoie, Hamlin, and Ryan the fourth liners. It's going to be Ekholm and Bush as the top pairing. Nurse and CeCe, the second ones to go. And Kulak and Vinny DeHarnay as the third pairing. Stuart Skinner getting the start. 
In more NHL news, Seattle Kraken right winger Jordan Eberle has sustained a leg injury when he was cut by a skate blade during practice. It appeared the Kraken alternate captain may have avoided a serious injury even though the team was still awaiting an update on whether there was any tendon damage. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman has upheld the four-game suspension given to Boston Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy for an illegal check to the head of Florida Panthers defenseman Oliver ekman Larson on October 30th and in the NBA. Just two games, it's the Bucks in Indiana at 5 and the Hawks in Orlando at 7.30. Denver Nuggets star Canadian Jamal Murray will likely be sidelined for the remainder of the month because of his right hamstring strain, and Miami Heat guard Tyler Harrell will miss, quote, a couple weeks with a right ankle ankle injury. LeBron James's home court, a museum dedicated to James, will open in Akron on November 25th. It was re revealed today. And in week 10 of the NFL season, it kicks off tonight with the Bears and Panthers in Thursday Night Football. You can join Brandon Douglas at the Spruce Grove Canadian Brewhouse for that one. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been your Sports 1440 Update.